All right. Well, if you will, go ahead and take your Bibles and turn to Acts chapter 4. Uh, we're going to continue going through the book of Acts. Uh, as you're turning there, I want to encourage you that uh, this is a, a time for you to worship at home. Uh, and so uh, I hope your kids are watching with you. I hope you've got your Bibles out, um, even with your coffee. I wish I had my coffee. I'm not kidding. I haven't had mine yet. And so uh, I want to encourage to do that. Um, if you are, if you have the opportunity, um, take a picture of, uh, of you worshiping at home. Uh, send it to, to us on Instagram or Facebook or even post it and uh, tag us in it. You can tag me personally or the church uh, Instagram and Facebook in it as well. Whatever you want to do, we want to share those out uh, just to have a little bit of fun with it. And so, uh, but go ahead and turn to Acts chapter 4. Um, for those of you that are joining us for the first time, maybe, and uh, you're not sure of uh, what we're doing, um, we've been walking through the book of Acts since the 1st of January. And uh, so here at Red Cross, we like, to, uh, we, we like to go verse by verse through books of the Bible. We find it very beneficial uh, for our people. It, uh, it teaches them how to uh, read the Bible and study the Bible. It helps us to not skip over passages, to, to, to take even the most challenging of, of passages. Um, and, and so it, it challenges me. And just like this passage today challenged me this week, a hard time with this, with this passage. And so uh, hopefully uh, God will pull through with this one, all right? But uh, Acts chapter 4, uh, beginning in verse 5. Um, here at Red Cross, we like to stand in the honor of reading God's Word. So I want to uh, actually encourage you uh, at your home to stand um, in the honor of the reading of, uh, of uh, God's Word. All right. So uh, let's go ahead and read Acts 4, verses 5 through 12. On the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas and John and Alexander and all who were of the high priestly family and when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, If we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by him this man is standing before you well. This Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Let's pray. Father God, we're thankful for your word. We ask that you would add a blessing upon this word and use me as you see fit, God. Uh, Lord, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for your word and the name that it represents. And we ask all this in your son's precious name we pray. Amen. Okay, so if you were standing, you can be seated. But um, uh, so I, I'm reading this autobiography right now. It's called, uh, uh, it's, 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 it's the autobiography of John Payton. Uh, he was a, a missionary to the New Hebrides of the South Pacific. Um, and uh, if, if you don't know anything about the people that he went, this was in the middle of the 1800s, that, that, that he went to go and uh, uh, preach the gospel to. Uh, the, the one thing that we uh, need to understand is that they were cannibals. They were, they were vicious, wicked people. 
Um, they for for punishment of crimes, they would they would eat other people. I mean, it was it was kind of kind of rough. Um, and so, but John Payton uh, was a missionary to these people. He traveled over there to to bring the gospel to them. Now, as he went over there, he took his first wife with him. And uh, right after she gave birth to a baby boy, she passed away due to illness. And then just a couple months later, the baby boy passed away due to illness. Um, within John Payton's time at the New Hebrides, uh, he faced a lot of tribulation and opposition from the people. His life was constantly threatened. Um, uh, he, he didn't think that he was going to have another day, but he kept relying on God. He kept proclaiming the gospel and, uh, through his faithfulness in the New Hebrides, through, through his proclamation of the gospel, that place was transformed. I mean, even today, uh, there are probably more Christians in the New Hebrides than there are in America. That's crazy to think about. But uh, that, that's, that's John Payton's little mini biography. I, I highly recommend you reading his autobiography. Um, but um, what we can see from him is that he counted the cost at following Christ. He knew the cost was great. He knew the cost could have taken his life. But he thought that the gospel was completely worth it. And so today, as we're looking at this passage, uh, uh, we see that Peter and John, they, they had healed a lame man at the temple gates. And then they are confronted by the crowds. So Peter proclaims the gospel of resurrection. Well, then the Sanhedrin, a, a, a lot of these people here, the, the uh, uh, verse 5, uh, the rulers and elders and scribes gathered together. Uh, you see Annas, Caiaphas, John, and Alexander, all these people, they brought Peter and John together to try them. They put them on trial to, to, to examine um, what had happened. Because what had happened is, is a man has legitimately been healed. They would not have put Peter and John on trial if this man was not healed. They have seen something amazing happen. And one thing that, 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 I, that we can gather is that they're trying to make sure, first off, that this isn't an act of sorcery or magic. They're, 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 they're examining this situation, but on top of it, they're upset and aggravated. We remember that from verse 2 of chapter 4. They're greatly annoyed. Because of what they were teaching. They were proclaiming the name of Christ as one who has resurrected from the dead. Now the, the Sadducees did not believe in the resurrection from the dead. So they had, an, they had a problem with this. A big problem. And so now here in this scene in verses 5 through, 5 through 12, we see Peter and John on trial. And so when we look at verse 5, on the next day, their rulers and elders and scribes gathered together in Jerusalem with Annas the high priest and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and all who were of the high priestly family. And when they had set them in the midst, they inquired, by what power or by what name did you do this? Now, check this out. We as Christians are going to, to have to count the cost of following Christ. Because it could easily come to us. Persecution could easily come to us. And so here's the main idea from the text that I want you to see here. The main idea is this. There is a cost to following Christ, and there's a greater cost to rejecting Christ. 
There is a cost to following Christ and there is a greater cost to rejecting Christ. And we see that here in this passage. So let's go ahead and break it down. I want to break it down in two ways. One, we're going to look at following Christ. And secondly, we're going to look at rejecting Christ. So first, following Christ. Now, as they are on trial here, uh, we see a couple names that we recognize. We recognize Annas and Caiaphas. Where do we recognize them from? They were part of the trial of Christ. Now, this was interesting. I was talking to, to our youth pastor this morning about it, how, how in verse 3, and they arrested them and put them in, in custody until the next day, for it was already evening. It, it was illegal to conduct trials at nighttime. But yet that was the trial Christ was in, was a nighttime trial. It was an illegal trial that they put him on, and Caiaphas was a part of it. And so here, this is the same Caiaphas, because this, this is shortly after the trial of Christ, the crucifixion of Christ, and the resurrection of Christ. This isn't far after that. So the same people that put Christ on trial now has Peter and John on trial. And Peter and John are now seeing the cost at following Christ. Do you, do you re- remember Peter when, when Christ was on trial? Peter was, uh, what was he doing? He was, he was being a coward. He was running. He was denying Jesus. Whenever people would, would confront him and would say, aren't you one of those disciples of Christ, one of those followers? Peter would say, no, that's not, that's not me. And he would, he, he ran. But here we see a completely different Peter. Here we do not see the Peter who puts his foot in his mouth. Here we do not see the Peter who has, who was a coward. Here we see a bold, Peter, who is presenting the words of Christ. And so we see a cost at following Christ because Peter and John, they're now experiencing what is known as persecution. This is, this is the first act of persecution in the New Testament here. If you, and after, after Christ, obviously. But if we, if, if, if we look at it, we see that there is a cost following Jesus. Jesus tells us that, that, that our lives are not going to be free of suffering, that, that, that the world will hate us because it hated him first. The, the world will hate us for following Christ. Even in America, people are not going to like the way you live or, 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 or the words you stand on or who you stand for because you follow Christ. And so we need to see that. And I, I really pray that we can be encouraged through this. Because I do see a day that there may come a time when instead of a freedom of religion, we have a freedom from religion. There, I'm, not, I'm not trying to throw anything out there, but there could possibly come that time. And so we should, be, we should find our trust here if that ever happens. But more, more importantly, we should find our trust here no matter what confrontation and opposition comes our way. Within this world, uh, I, I had some friends of mine who were part of Love Life, who were who who they've been arrested this past week because they were standing outside the abortion clinic, still in still being socially distant from people, and they're just prayer walking. But they've been arrested because of of of, of what they're standing for, um, and, and, and so and there can be there can be debates there about whether or not it was right for them to be arrested or not. But we do see that there is a sense of opposition in our world when it comes to following Jesus. 
So because following Christ is costly, we should see what can we learn here from Peter and John when it's costly to follow Christ. So check it out. First off, verse 7, And when they had set them in, in, in the midst, they inquired, By what power or by what name did you do this? Verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, if you like to circle and underline and write down in, in your Bibles, I want you to circle, underline, or whatever, filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been, been healed, let it be known to all of you. Now check it out. What, what is it that is giving Peter the words here? What is it that is giving him the boldness to, to, to make a stand in this opposition for the sake of the gospel? It's the fact that he is filled with the Holy Spirit. He was filled with the Holy Spirit in Acts 2 at Pentecost. And this feeling of the Holy Spirit is a permanent feeling that we as believers have and that, and that you as non-believers can have if you put your faith and trust in Christ. But it's this feeling of the Holy Spirit that can enable us and embolden us to follow Christ when it's costly. So first, we need to trust in the Spirit of God when we follow Christ. We trust in His Spirit no matter what comes our way. Because it is the Spirit of God that encourages us. It's the Spirit of God that, that empowers us, that emboldens us. It's the Spirit of God that convicts us. Have you ever prayed for con conviction? Isn't that a weird thing to pray for? But we should. we should. We should hate our sins so much that we should be relying on the Spirit of God to convict us where we're failing God. Where we're disobeying God. So in a life, especially in a culture, in a context, in a context where it can be so hostile to follow Christ, we need to trust and rely on the Spirit of God within our lives. Because it's the Spirit of God that will give us the words to say when we are opposed. It's the Spirit of God that will give us that strength and that boldness that it takes. Because I'm going to tell you guys, Living in this world now, living, living in the, in the context that we live in, the way things are going. And I'm not, I, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about even before COVID-19. I'm, I'm talking about the, what, the laws that are, that are legalized here. Can you, can you see that we as believers who stand on this word of God, this true authoritative, sufficient word of God, how we should be bold? Do you, do you see that? We, we are to be bold with our witness, with the gospel that we proclaim. And so we see here Peter, who was once a coward, is now bold. And it's only by the Spirit of God that's doing that within his, within his life. Guys, we, we live in a culture where babies are being murdered in the wombs of their mothers. I, I know I went a little dark and graphic there right off the bat, but... That's, that's the truth. We live in a culture where, where, where that is legal, where that's okay. And in some cases, it's celebrated. So guys, we, we as the people of God are to be bold by the Spirit of God, to make a stand, to make a stand for the Word of God and for those, especially those who have no voice. So we see here Peter, who's making a stand, 
in front of these authoritative people by trusting in the Spirit of God. He's filled with the Holy Spirit. Secondly, we are to trust in the Word of God. Not only do we trust in the Spirit of God, but we trust in the Word of God. Look at verse 7. I'm sorry, look at verse 8. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers of the people and elders, if we are being examined today concerning a good deed done to a crippled man, by what means this man has been healed, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, Boy, like he's he he laying it on him, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. By him, this man is standing before you. Well, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you, the builders, which has become the cornerstone. Do you see what do you see what Peter's doing there? Peter is talking to these Jewish rulers who know the Old Testament scripture. And he's showing them Old, Old, Old Testament scripture. Verse 11 comes from Psalm 118.22 where it says, The stones that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. Christ, who, 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 who the people have rejected, Isaiah 53, who was despised and rejected, has become the cornerstone, the foundational block of our entire faith. And so this is... Peter trusting in the word of God by proclaiming the word of God so that these people may turn from their faith or turn to faith in God. So we see that as we live a, 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 a costly life by following Christ, we are to trust in the spirit of God and we're to trust in the word of God. Because, guys, it's this book that gives us promises that, that, that God has made that we can trust in. And it's this book that helps us to see how we are to live. Man, I, I'm going to tell you guys, because of the situation that we are in now with COVID-19, I don't think I've been in my Bible more. And I teach this book for a living. And I don't think I've been in this book more. Because when, when tribulation comes, when problems come, when opposition comes, where else do we turn? This is, this is the greatest thing that we can spend our time in. This is the greatest thing that we can be encouraged by and strengthened by. It's the Word of God. And Peter is turning to that so that those who are rejecting God will turn to faith in God. So that'll bring me to number two. First off, we talked we talk about following Christ. Now let's talk about rejecting Christ. Because here we see in this passage, we see... We see the cost of following Christ in Peter and John. The cost is that, that, that they are willing to put their lives on the line. They're willing to go to jail, to prison, for the sake of the gospel. But then here we also see a cost for rejecting Christ. Verse 11, this Jesus is the stone that was rejected by you. Verse 10, whom you crucified. Go back to verse 11, the builders which has become the cornerstone. And there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. Now, I know this is Holy Week. Today's Palm Sunday. You got Good Friday this, this coming Friday, Monday, Thursday, this Thursday. But you got Easter coming up next Sunday. And I love, I'm telling you, when we, do, when, when we preach through books of, of the Bible, I love how it just lands perfectly 
where it needs to land because the, the, the stone that was rejected, it's this week that we're actually reflecting on it a little more than we usually do. Good Friday, good, the Good Friday service is one of my favorite services especially when we do it here at, at Red Cross. And I really hate that we're not able to gather together this week and do it. But Good Friday is a great time for us to reflect on the crucifixion of Christ, the betrayal, the, the, the rejection, the murder of our Savior. And so Peter is calling out these leaders. He's calling them out and saying, whom you crucified, whom you rejected. Let me tell you guys, before we... Before we ever even heard the gospel, we rejected Christ. Our lives, we, all we can do is sin before we come to know Jesus. And, and our lives of sin are a rejection of Jesus. This is why John Payton went to the New Hebrides. Some, uh, I brought this question up one time, and, and it was amazing the response when, when, when I asked, what happens to somebody who has never heard the name of Jesus Christ and dies? And I had some people actually say that they believe that they go to heaven because they never had the opportunity to believe. Let me tell you something. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but that is not true. That is not true. This is why John Payton went, went to the New, he, the New Hebrides. They had never heard the name of Jesus. He would have been better off not going if that was true. Because if that is true, if it is true that, that the people who die without ever hearing the name of Jesus go to heaven, then the worst thing you can ever do is present the gospel to them. But understand that this is why we are called to go. Because before we ever come to know Christ, before we ever even hear the name of Christ, we are rejecting Him by our lives, by the sin that we have. We all deserve hell. And Peter is trying to show these people, this is not, this is not a, a message of, of, um, of hostility or hatred. Peter is, P- Peter is presenting the gospel to them so that they would turn from their wicked ways and turn to Christ. He is, he is pleading with them to trust in the scripture of God. Like we just mentioned earlier, how we as believers are to trust in the word of God as we go throughout this life. Peter is, is, is pleading for them to trust in it because he brings the scripture to them. Psalms 1, 18, 22. This is scripture that they are to know. They, they are, they are Jewish leaders who are to know Old Testament scripture and he's showing them that the Christ that they rejected, the Christ that they crucified, fulfills the scripture found in Psalm 118. He is the stone that was rejected. And so Peter is trying to show them, look, the scripture you believe, the Old Testament that you believe is fulfilled in Jesus. And then he goes to verse 12 and, and there is salvation in no one else. For there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. So secondly, not only are we to trust in the scriptures of God, we're to trust in the name of Christ. We're to trust in his name. And there is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. I I heard a conversation one time. Uh, there was a, 
a group of Buddhist monks that, uh, that, that, that came to the school that I was attending to uh, do a presentation. And, and uh, somebody in the, front, in the front row who was sitting beside one of the leaders of the school, he made this comment. He said, um, he said I'm really sad that, that, that I'm not going to see these guys in heaven. They're really nice. They're really cool. And the guy sitting beside him said, why, why do you think that they're not going to be in heaven? And the guy sitting there said, well, because they don't know Jesus. They're Buddhists. They haven't put their faith in faith in, in Christ. And the guy who, who was a leader of the school made the, made the comment. He said um, that there are many roads to heaven. And I was like, oh, I heard that. And, 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 and honestly, my heart sank. Because if, if that's what we believe, then first off, verse 12 is wrong. And if that's what we believe, secondly... We're damning more people to hell than we're inviting to heaven. Verse 12 is, is huge. Verse 12 shows us, shows us that the gospel is one way, one person, one name. That the gospel, the only way to heaven is by trusting in the name of Jesus, the Son of God, who came to earth and who died for our sins. I, we've, been, we've been talking about the cost of following Christ, and we've been talking about the cost of rejecting Christ. And the reason why there, there is a cost is because Christ paid the cost. He paid a cost to where we could be reconciled back to the Father. He paid a cost to where we can finally come to know Him and spend eternity with Him and, and, and have the peace of God in our lives and, and all this stuff and... When we look at verse 12, we have to understand that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved. No other name. Buddha is not our salvation. Muhammad is not our salvation. Our salvation is solely in Jesus Christ. He is the only name, the only name that provides salvation. And so have you put your faith and trust in that name? If you, if you are listening this morning and you have rejected Christ this whole time, if, and somehow, by God's grace, you have come across this message and you're hearing this gospel, may I plead with you that you would put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Because check this out. Just as Peter was, was telling these religious leaders that it was their fault that Christ was crucified, hear me say this. It's actually our fault. It's all of our fault. Christ hung on the cross because of sin. As we're going to see later in uh, Acts chapter 4, verse 27, it says, For truly in this city they were gathered together against your holy servant Jesus whom you anointed both Herod and Pontius Pilate, along with the Gentiles and the peoples of Israel, to do whatever your hand and your plan had predestined to take place. They are, they are praying to God, and, and, they're, and, and they're talking about how this plan was the plan of God. God sent His Son to die for our sin. God sent His Son so that the payment can be made. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For God made Him who had no sin... To be sent for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Romans 3 tells us that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've all disobeyed him. We all deserve hell. 
And Romans 6 tells us that the wages of sin is death. The payment for our sin, for our disobedience is death, not just a physical death, but a spiritual death, eternally separated in, in torment, in hell. And what Peter is trying to tell us and what he's told us all throughout chapter 3 and the beginning of chapter 4, that if we would repent of our sin, that if we would turn to Christ, that if we would surrender and give our lives to Him, we may be saved. If anyone confesses with their mouth that Jesus is Lord and believes in their heart that God raised Him from the dead, they will be saved. Romans 10 tells us that faith comes from hearing and hearing from the words of God. So may I plead with you that you put your faith and trust in Jesus Christ. All you got to do, all, all that needs to be done is just come to Him. Repent, turn from your sin, turn from your wickedness and turn to Christ. If you want to talk more about it, message us. We want to hear from you. We want to help you. For the believers that are listening to this, understand this, that we are to trust in the Spirit of God and in the Word of God as we continue to live in this world that is completely hostile towards Christianity. This is a great time for us to turn back to that by trusting in God's Spirit and in God's Word. And as we do so, we remember the suffering that Christ did, made for us. This is a good week. Even though we can't be together, even though we can't gather to, together as believers, this is still a good week to remember the crucifixion, the cross, the resurrection, and what Christ has done for us. But understand this. Understand this. Every Sunday is Easter Sunday. We celebrate Easter every single Sunday. And as believers, we celebrate Easter every single day of our lives. So this should be encouraging to us, and I hope it is to you. Well, that's it. That's all I've got. Um, for the foreseeable future, we're going to continue with the online worship service. Um, maybe next Sunday, with it being Easter Sunday, uh, maybe ne next Sunday we will have some music, uh, some worship, and... Um, but preaching is, is uh, worship too. As long as we have the preaching of the word, we are, we, we are, we are good. Um, so is there anything we need to make mention? Okay. All right. Well, let's, uh, let's close in prayer. And uh, it was good. Uh, well, I can't say it was good seeing you guys. I'm glad you got to see me though. Um, but uh, definitely share those pictures if you, uh, if you ended up t uh, t taking one. We'd like to just share it out and just show how we're worshiping at, at home. All right, guys, let's pray. Father God, we're thankful for your word. And Lord, we're thankful for the cost that you made so that we may be able to put our faith and trust in you, to be encouraged by you, to have the Spirit of God within us permanently. God, I pray that you would help us during these tough times to rely on your spirit, to rely on your word. And God, for those that are going to hear this message or have heard this message and do not know you, grab their hearts, transform them, help them to see that there is salvation only in the name of Jesus. So God, we are thankful. We are thankful that you have made a way where there was no way. 
We're thankful that you have provided that opportunity for us. We're thankful that you are sovereign over it. So God, I pray that you would bless us during this time. We ask this in your son's precious holy name we pray. Amen. Be good, guys.